Welcome to another episode of the Notes My Goats podcast. I am Brandon. And I'm Steve. What's up, bud? Nothing much, man. What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. It's been, it, it's been crazy. It's, it's been like, an interesting. I mean, we didn't have a podcast last week because internet and like life and like your world crashed. Uh-huh. Well, it didn't crash. It just got busy. Your world got very busy. Yeah. Very busy. You added very an extra human in your house. So that is very out. true. I did. So you know, it kind of um, happens, though. It's It's life. Yeah, it is life, but it's good, man. It's good. I like it. Yeah, can't complain. Um, so well, I mean, could, Steve, but nobody's gonna care. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, so Steve, let's just let's just dive right in, man. Um, you know this. Who who are we talking about today? I'll say who we're talking to, and he can say who we're talking about. That's How's true. That work? I like it. All right. So, flashback to what April of this year, I think it was was. Um, yeah supposed to do a podcast with a guest uh and some shit happened to me in my family in my house i had to bail the last minute so brandon had to do two podcasts without me um and yep. when he did those podcasts they're supposed to be with me so he had to kind of figure some shit out on his own turned to some pretty hilarious moments but one of them that i still that i still get crap for you're never gonna live this down which is why I we're doing today's podcast 100 um, so one of them though is we did a we did an album with with logic and we yeah. were with zaga who we're with today now zaga thank you for coming back on the podcast i'm happy to see you in person and talk to you um while yes. we've been giving brandon shit constantly via text <laughs> yep. uh, for the last six months um and he's yep. never gonna live it down no so no. No. who are we talking about today and why uh, are we I talking about them it's like I'm a walking ambassador for them right now because I didn't realize are. how bright this yellow was on camera Bing. until I just saw it right there. It's so we're great. talking about the one and only Wu-Tang Clan. And yes, the RZA we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> and to correct you, Steve, it's not Zaga. It's Zaga. Zaga. Boom. Well, just hey, saying. I'll take I'll, I'll take it's, that. That's better than bit. RZA. That is way better I'll than RZA. I'll take the Zaga. Okay, so I'll take the Zaga. <laughs> I'll take that little bit of criticism on my end. At least I didn't spell it out. Um and go for it there so yes we are going to talk about wu-tang and their album enter the chamber into the wu-tang 36 chambers yeah um so brandon should we ask you what your what your familiarity with wu-tang is again um about as familiar as i am with the mind of my wife um not at all pretty much okay good at least you've been married for a lot of years i don't know how you don't how do you not know wu-tang like that it's for the children (laughs) It's for the children. It's for the children, Brandon. Yeah. It's for the children. You know what? I, you know what? You're right. I was not telling the truth. I listened to the Wu-Tang every (laughs) single, (laughs) every single Sunday during youth group at my church. So white. So the Wu-Tang. You listen to the (laughs) Wu-Tang. The Wu-Tang. Wait, way to go, Brandon. You had the the old old fallout boy, Steve. The fallout boy. I love it. The fallout. So now we're gonna help Brandon out here because he only knows one member of the Wu-Tang clan and um it's his favorite member at all. Yeah, Method Um, Man. Yeah, exactly. Not the RZA? Not the RZA? Man. Okay, so Wu-Tang. I want to be best friends with Method Man. 
I mean, who, who doesn't, doesn't want to be best really, yeah. Who doesn't at this point? Um, American Hip Hop Collective formed in Staten Island, uh, New York City, in 1992, which caught me off guard. I thought they were, I thought they were a little uh, older than that. So they started before then. Um, they have lots of members, Brandon. I'm going to go through them all for you here. I'm not going to spell them, so we're good there. Yeah. Okay, we got RZA, we got Giza. J- oh Joseph- my God, Giza. Oh my God! Did you you too, Steve? Yeah, I, I had it up. such high. I had such high Gizza. hopes. Okay, for those of y'all that don't know, last time if y'all didn't watch that last episode where I was on this thing talking about logic, get me get after man, it. Brandon over here said he did work with the RZA, and I let it go, and then he said it one more time, and I was like, wait, hold on, I had to call it out. That's why I'm stopping you now. We're four get minutes me. into this podcast. Get me. You did nothing but torture this man. You tortured yep. your co-host for months. I have this. I have receipts. I have this. The the the, yep. the, the Facebook messengers here. Yep. I've have all yep. the receipts. He did yep. nothing but torture, torture yep. Brandon. And now, now you. I fucked you're up. Two members in. Two members, two members in. in. And you couldn't. You messed that one up. It's the Rizza, the Jizza, the old dirty bastard, Inspected Deck, Capadonna, Method Man, Ghostface Killer, and. You got Raekwon. I didn't say Raekwon. Nope. I said you got twice. Fuck. Yep. I was trying to so hard to remember Capadonna because Capadonna came in late. Yeah, he came in late. Who who actually remembers Capadonna? I mean, he didn't actually get really involved, and he was involved, but he didn't actually get a a true member status until like '97, right? I think so. And Master Killer was another one. There's like 15 people that have come in and out of Wu Tang Clan. It's hard to keep up. At more. Time. There's more. There's 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 like I, I, around wasn't, 20. Wasn't Action Bronson supposed to be kind of like mm-hmm. part of an affiliate? And then uh, what's who was the other fucking guy? Um, fuck, I forgot his name. He sounds like, uh, oh, no, uh, R.A. the Rugged Man was another one that was like allowed to be a Wu-Tang member. And he was like, nah. and then they didn't let Redman in, but he's kind of been like in he's Wu-Tang. Yeah, he's in, but he's not in. He's he's one of the sub like the, the sub size that's that's there. And then, but he yeah, got, there. and then he got young dirty bastard now. Yep. So it's like and they're still Brandon, going. And, that's Brandon, the thing. You look, so, still... you look so confused right now. I'm just no, I'm right. just listening <laughs> and trying to come up with what my what my my name would be if I was a part of the Wu Tang. So fun fact, fun fact, that's actually how childish Gambino came about. Mm-hmm. He went to there is a Wu Tang, a Wu Tang Clan, hip hop name generator. Generator. Oh, yep. it's Wu Tang Clan.net. You enter your name, which he oh. put Donald Glover and Childish yeah. Cambino came out. So we're gonna put your name, Brandon. All right, Brandon Alberta. Woo me. So he said, philosophical model. Ooh, I like that. I it's like actually that. not I like bad. That. I like it. But Childish Cambino was a was a was a win. Hardcore Steve, you're master, you're master superior. That's a good rap name, or a really bad, um, like racist name. <laughs> so I don't, I don't say my uh, my government on the internet. <laughs> yeah, sure. but with my government name, it's a golden doctor. Ooh, it's fair. I have a nice That's little goldish bad. tint. Yeah, there you have, yeah. you have, you have, you have the hue, <laughs> especially the yellow yeah. on the hat today. It works out. Yeah. Now they, I like it. Now Wu Tang is actually often seen as the most influential hip hop, one of the most influential hip hop groups of all time, credited with helping to popularize East Coast style, h- hardcore hip hop style. Um, RZA is actually is also quoted that his production style is the only one to use samples in twenty to twenty five percent of his albums. 
So he he didn't want to use samples all that much. He wanted to just kind of take a little bit and do that. Um, what he said, his his thought process was he wanted to use as a painter's palette, not a Xerox. Um, but every once in a while, he will Xerox some shit because he's just like, eh, every once in a while, I'm going to pull them. I'm going to just full copy it. Um, yes. Now, his style of taking soul beats from the like 50s and 60s and 70s and like, speeding them up or slowing them down has been used mostly by everyone involved with Rockefeller Records. Um, mm-hmm. They really copied Kanye and Just Beats. Everything that they had to start with came from RZA. Um, yeah. And they'll, they'll say that. They've said it multiple times. But, like That's how they built their style off. And then even RZA said that he wished he would have he would have actually done some stuff with Kanye. He said that the, the track through the wire, he wished he would have produced that track. Cause it's, it's just good. It's, it's exactly what he was kind of hoping for with his style. Um, like I said, the band, the, the group's been active since 92. They're still touring. Um, not all together all the time, but they are still touring. Yep. I saw them live last year, actually. Yeah. They were just wow. in, they were just in yep. Grand Rapids just, just this past year. Uh, so, not yeah. all of them. Where Steve? So, uh, twenty Monroe. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So actually, all of them, with the exception of Method Man, because he had he had prior stuff going on before the tour was announced. Um, but it I saw it was Nas, Buster Rhymes, and the entire Wu Tang Clan without Method. But you had mm-hmm. Ghostface, Raekwon, U God, everybody was there, and uh, that was probably one of the craziest fucking concerts I've ever seen in my life. And I've been to Warped Tour a bunch when I was younger. And Method Man did pop up at a couple of those. I'm pretty he sure he did. He ended up coming in towards the back end of the tour. Yep. Um, because whatever he had, like literally, I think it was two concerts after the one we went to. Because my boy mm-hmm. and I were pissed about it. Um, it's actually funny because I actually have a Wu Tang. Oh, I'm blurred out. I have a Wu Tang yep. tattoo. Nice. Right on with the spider. Yeah. It's. I mean, they're one of the. They're like one of the like holy grail of concerts if you want to go see them because they don't tour that often and they're not usually going to get them all together at the same time. Um, now music wise, they've got seven total albums. They've got one EP, um, 16 singles and 20 compilation albums. Now, two of their albums made the billboard top 200, the top five with only one ending up at number one. Um, now their seventh album is no one's heard it. Well, one dude's heard it. Yep. Um, Scrally. So the seventh album was created and hasn't been put out on any streaming service, never been mass produced. Only one copy of that album was ever made. They sold it at auction and directly sold to a, to a guy for $2 million, making it the single most expensive yep. piece of music ever sold. I believe it was a, it was a Saudi air or something like that. Mm-mm. That ends up having it. Well, he that's what has it now. now. Um, do you know, do you know, actually know the, the, the story about that album that nobody is, is going to ever hear. But Shirkelly, Martin Shirkelly. The one, oh yeah, do you know? Do you know? Do you know the story about that? What's that? So that album isn't actually truly a Wu Tang album. They weren't all in the studio at the same time. There was a producer that met with RZA, and RZA said, "Yeah, let's make an album." But obviously, uh, you got had a problem at the time. I think Ghostface and and Raekwon were kind of doing their own thing. They didn't want to be affiliated for the time being. They had their options mm-hmm. out like any band does. Yeah, and so RZA was bringing them to do solo sessions not telling him it was a, a joint album and then in post doing all the uh the mixing just cut it up cutting it up to make it a one album or a, like make all these different tracks one song oh, so that album that. is a complete chop up it's not a true wu-tang album 
so and if uh, I, I there's a whole documentary that was on Showtime, and, mm-hmm. and of course, as a big Wu Tang fan, I watched it a couple times. Yeah. Um, they talked about that, and they said they they want to they want to they are working on a final Wu Tang album, and that's gonna be that because they've been coming sense. out would... they've been coming out with songs left and right lately. Yeah, it would make sense because the show just their show just wrapped up. America Saga just kind of wrapped up um this year, so that that makes sense. Now that album Amazing though was actually show. bought Amazing by show. Martin Strickelli, who is a hedge fund manager back in 2015. He was he's also known as the douchebag who raised a, the cost of an anti-parasitic drug um from $13.50 a pill to $750 a pill um because he owned the patent on it. Um and ended up in prison for securities fraud and conspiracy for 7 years. He's actually scheduled to get out fairly soon. He's a um, terrible human being. And he's still worth millions and millions of dollars. He's but he's a terrible human being. <laughs> terrible human being. Um, now, the group themselves have found themselves in several pop culture areas over the years. Uh, they have been featured in several video games, including one of their own, um, with a couple of variations of that one. The Def Jam fighting games, which are actually pretty decent. Um, they've had several tracks in the game Saints Row. Um, and have their own clothing line called Woo Wear that was featured in Macy's for some time. <laughs> it's it's and it's still a thing, but it was actually in Macy's for some time. Now, Method Man was one of the only group members that was pissed about Woo Wear. He didn't like it. Um, he didn't like the clothing line because the materials that were used were shoddy, and he said he wouldn't rock that shit. Now, <laughs> however, ODB, in true ODB fashion, um, said he wanted to create dirty wear a set of already worn clothes called dirty wear <laughs> for the girl who likes to wear her panties three days in a row. Dirty Gross. wear. <laughs> I love ODB. ODB is also the guy that was on MTV news showing them how he gets his welfare checks while he yep. was also cashing his um, subsidy <laughs> checks for their albums. Interesting. Um, yes. Yeah. That, that actually happened. Um, in 99, Nike released a Wu-Tang version of the Dunk High limited, due to limited production. The shoes are highly sought after and the resale market right now, they can go from anywhere to $7,500 to $10,000 a pair. Wow. So that was not the official Wu-Tang shoe. So no. there is one actual Wu-Tang official shoe with Nike. It is the Nike Foam Posit. It's sitting right above me over behind me back there. Yep. It is the it's black and yellow foam posits. I paid mm-hmm. four hundred dollars for fucking new shoes. I have <laughs> they sit on the yeah. The dunk the dunk highs are going for wow. anywhere from seven thousand to ten grand right now. But yeah, those those ones, the resale value on those is even higher the way you got. Oh yeah, new when they're yep. in box and like I bought mine used like off the street. I yeah, see the brand, inbox like, in box. Yeah, it, because the the barcode has the Wu Tang logo on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, and then they have um, there's TV show on Hulu called Wu Tang: The American Saga. It was released for three seasons. The third season just released April fifth of twenty twenty three, or finished up April fifth of twenty twenty three. Uh, kind of going through kind of their a fictionalized version of kind of their 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 story all uh, the way up oh. through there. Um, now, Brandon, I'm going to ask you the question first. Um, how many Spotify listeners do you think they're pulling right now? Oh man, I think probably there's probably a good healthy dose of people um, monthly that listen to them. Is it going to be astronomical? No. Is it going to be super low? No. I uh, am. I think. Do I think it's in the double digit millions? Absolutely. Um, I will go with uh, ten point two million. 10.2 okay all right 
What do you got? I have the answer. I have the answer pulled up already. Oh, look at you looked up looked up beforehand. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? What number do you have right now? Because I looked it up. I looked it up last week. Six point two million followers. Yep, it was six point three last week. So All that's right. pretty close. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, give me for... a million of those and I'll be happy. You know what I mean? Right. I'll take. I'll just take a hundred thousand. You know, I mean, Steve, you got to reach while. for you got to reach for the star, Steve. Don't well, don't you know set yourself what? short. Don't sell yourself yeah, short. That's why I'm reaching for at least ten. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I just realized I kind of fucked up here. So, enter the Wu Tang. I didn't look up a whole lot on that one. I screwed up. I screwed the pooch on that. Look at that. Well, um, I got some. I got something to add. You forgot to mention. Go, go that for it. Wu Tang doesn't get a lot of talk about. They are the first musical group to have be signed as a group and then have independent deals uh, for the artists. They're the first mm-hmm. to do that in music. Nobody else was ever, has ever done that. So interesting. Yeah, because most of the time, if you sign a group, you own the artist at that point too. Right. So like if you sign all of NSYNC, you have Justin Timberlake and all the other all the other guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Where this, where Wu Tang was, yeah. If you want all of us together, it's Wu Tang. It's under this label. But if you want Method Man, you can go to you can go to Def Jam. If you want, you know, Dirty, you can go to Sony. You want, yeah. you know, Ghostface, you can go to this place. And that's so they were yeah. able to do. They were able to do it separately, but also then have their own individual nice. contracts as well. Worked out really well for them. Yeah. Right. Now, um, Into the Wu-Tang was the, is their debut album. So it's their debut studio album as together. They made this, it, it debuted November 9th, 1993. The next album that they put out didn't come out until 96. Because as I said, when they went through, like I said, when they went through the, the situation here, they, yourself, Steve. what? It's a good job correcting yourself. I got, it, I got it. I figured it out. Um, yeah. So uh, was was I here saying that they had to sign their own individual stuff. They made the debut in, in 93, November 93, it debuted for Wu-Tang. And then every single, but everybody else put out solo work for that next three years. They did all their own solo work at that point. Wow. And it was all um, produced by the Rizzo. It, yeah, all produced. Yes, he he produced everything. And that, that's kind of where, where uh, Rizzo went into it too. He was mostly the producer. I mean, he has a here and there, but he's the he's the de facto leader of the Wu Tang Clan and just kind of mm-hmm. has the control over a lot of what they did, which is why a lot of their stuff still sounded the same. Didn't matter if he was on Def Jam or he was on Sony or he was here, or he was there. That's probably one of the reasons it set them apart too, because they all had RZA with them, producing it so seemed it was seamless all the way straight through. Yep. Um, which is, I think, was one of the reasons that kind of went to their uh, thing. Now, <laughs> the name of the album originates from the martial arts film Into the Dragon and the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. If you didn't notice by listening to the album, these guys are really big into Kung Fu. Um, they, they love it. It was It's a huge influence on them and a lot of their music and everything that goes from there. They are kind of huge nerds when it comes to that stuff, which I think so is it hilarious. Was a, so it was a big thing because like, I, I grew up in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. So Bronx and Staten Island, yes, very still very different, but still the ghetto, you know, still the hood. Yeah, and for, you know, that kind of stuff was what you could find at the for the bootlegs. That's you know, the the guy on the street always had the martial arts films, and they were always cheap. So that's mm-hmm. why they were so popular back then because it was a cheap movie and it was fighting. So you watched it, right? Um, Interesting. It, okay, it, it it's you it's synonymous amongst all hoods. I swear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> at least for the early nineties. Right. Right. 
so and I talked about Riza and kind of his his production style and one of the tracks that really set them set them aside with this was uh, Wu Tang Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with or f with is what it says but uh, he actually used it was they called it dusty a digital production style that legitimized the use of more diverse sample sources where he used kind of a James Brown based really went after that one as how it came after that and he started using when he was using those those 70s 60s and 70s soul and funk beats on a lot of these tracks is he either sped them up or slowed them down which brought in more people because they've heard this music before just a slightly different way so that was there as well and they were i want to say that they were the east coast version of nwa but they weren't as like as hard they, i don't know they, they were they were kind of the same but it was like, different though it was great yet yeah, because there was nine people <laughs> yeah it was nine people but i mean it was it like wasn't, you know it didn't nwa was as... nwa was really three guys because one guy always stayed in the background yeah dj yellow like he was he never was part of the track they put it you know it was that you know whatever but to have to have to uh to have nine different styles nine different vocals on a single track that shit was unheard of. Yes, and it's 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 even listening to That's it why now. It's, 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 it's like the same, but it's different. It's it's different, but it's it's just they're not. I would say musically, that's it's just doesn't sound as like this doesn't sound as like militant or angry. There's there's that 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 acid that passed there, but they don't have that. I mean, I'm trying to think who would be Cube in Wu Tang. Like who would be uh, that Method Man? But he just seems yeah, kind of. He's, he's hard, but he's he kind of seems like also like he's gonna fuck with you a bit more. Nah, than yeah, Method just... Man was the, was like the Method Man was the, the goofball. I probably yeah. say Ghost. Ghost is Ghost. more like like you, uh, because you know they were thugs. Like that's what yeah. they did. Like <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, I mean, Easy. That's RZA. Easy and RZA mm-hmm. the same. Um. And then the, who was the other person in fucking Dre? Name? Oh yeah, Dre. Oh no, Dre's Rizza. Dre's Rizza. And then, yeah, I don't know who Easy would be. Easy would have to be. I mean, would it be Ray? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be. Wouldn't be. Wouldn't be Deck. Probably you, God. Yeah. Not old dirty bastard. Yeah. Old dirty bastard. Yeah, that's that's a good comparison. They're the forefront of the uh, the whole thing, but they weren't. And they're the both a bit unhinged. Yes. They're both yeah. a bit. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say Od uh, Older Vassar because that that smart as hell. But holy shit, he's crazy. Like he was. He was the crazy thug that you're just like. I don't want to fuck with that guy. Like yeah, he'll hit me with a wrench. Not <laughs> care about it at all. Oh, yeah, Brandon <laughs> just got all into the cell. Now the 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 album itself is. Uh, it was originally twelve tracks. Um, 58 minutes long. The version that we listen to, listen to is a little longer now because it does include a couple of the bonus tracks. Um, it includes the acapella version of Cream. Um, there's a different version of Method Man, and there's a couple other versions that are on there. It's like 14, 15 tracks. It's a little over an hour, like an hour and 15 minutes long. 15 tracks, um, hour and 10. Hour and 10, yep. But it was also released um, on cassette. Did very well on cassette. Hey. I I love now that have you guys have you guys heard of new albums being put on cassette now? Yes, Logic still does that actually. Logic's doing it, but like a lot of other artists are doing it. Um, J Cole does it too. 
Mm-hmm. They're still putting um, stuff on cassette. Vinyl's coming Kendrick, back, but cassette's coming back. Kendrick does too. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's it's a lot of the hip hop heads, the real hip-hop a lot of hip hop heads. heads, but it's it's starting to span other other genres now too. They're starting to do it for fun, like when they were doing vinyl before, like just pressing vinyl. Mm-hmm. Now you can't get vinyl pressed at all because it's like three companies that do it. Yeah, and now they're gonna go cassette. So everybody's gonna buy a fucking cassette player now. Ooh. Right. Get the, get your pencils out, kids. You don't understand yeah. that joke, but you will you will eventually. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. God, I'm old. I know, right? That's yep. what I was thinking the other day. Uh. Saga, do you have anything else about about uh Bond to the Chamber? Anything else on that one here? I didn't do a lot of backstory on it. Uh so if you've watched the show, uh The American Saga, uh, you know, Wu Tang Clan, um, you saw that they rushed the radio station mm-hmm. when got them to play the single. That is a true story. Uh Bobito was the uh was the the DJ uh mm-hmm. back then for Hot 97, and they stormed it. And they said, play our tape. And he was like, man, that's not how that works. And he goes, well, you're going to play our tape anyway. And he finally got them out. They left the tape. And then he's like, fuck it, I'll put it on. And then he said, the moment I played it, he, he, the phone didn't stop. Everyone was asking, who the hell, is, who the hell was that? Um, and that was, uh, I think that was Wu-Tang's Seventh Chamber. That was the song on the album. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to the album, but it was just a freestyle. And then everyone fucking loved it. Nice. I mean, that's that's interesting. It's, it's funny to hear... To, to hear it that way um i was just looking at the thing that they that a lot of this came out i was i'm just reading a little bit on on them signing that um tommy boys tommy boy records um back in 91 they that wu-tang didn't get signed they could have got signed early they actually started doing stuff in the early 90s but they really didn't sign to 92 but tommy boy signed house of pain over them yep and that like pissed off Riza terribly bad that they chose this white boy shit over yeah. us. Fucking Irish kids, yeah. That's they, a little they chose some bo- the Boston rappers. You no, know, um, yeah. Oh, whitey, whitey Ford sings the blues over here. Yeah, they did. They did some wild shit though, just to get to get where they were. They they weren't taking no as an option, and I respect that wholeheartedly. I mean, and it's it was hard could... coming up coming up in that realm of of artists too. I mean, you've yep. got in the same time they were coming up. You've got Nas, you've got you know, you've got Biggie. Rockefeller, Biggie, uh, Mob Deep, Jay Z's in the area. Bus is still around. Like the the New York City hip hop scene was loaded yep. with Tribe people. And West, Talib Kweli. I mean, like those are the underground guys. But even still, to get past them was hard. DMX, yeah, any you know, common, you know, most death was there. Yep. You, there's so many like small artists, big artists that we all know now, or most of us know. Sorry, Brandon. Um, but yeah, sorry. you you know <laughs> these artists now, but they're all like you like you hear these fun stories about like Buster Rhymes and Biggie and Nas and DMX were all the same high school at one point. Like they were yep. all like in the same like could be in the same room at some point like holy shit dude like within like a square mile you've got these massive amounts of these hip-hop artists that are just taking over the airwaves in the midnight early to mid 90s and you're trying to fight for for radio time and you can't figure it out so it's it's interesting and to have a group of nine dudes come up with something and say this is what we're putting out here <laughs> like i can see a radio station going uh what What's this? Yeah, no shot. Yeah, no, yeah, no shot. I'm no. playing all that. The, like, you want me to play a seven minute song on the radio? 
No, that's not happening. <laughs> With nine different <laughs> people on it. Yeah, no, I can't figure this out here. So let's let's get into our favorite tracks here, guys. Yep. Brandon. Yep. I'm gonna start with you because I'm very interested to hear what your favorite track <laughs> I'm, is. I'm sure. What is your favorite track on the album? Um I chose the ninth track on the album, which is Method Man. Uh, M-E-T-H-O-D man. Yep. M-E-T-H-O-D man. man. Uh, I was a big fan of this track and the simple rhymes that uh Method Man was going with this track super fun yes this song made me sweat a little bit in the beginning um but throughout this entire album i really like how simple beats and music um is what is accompanying uh these rappers it allows for the lyrics and the artists to kind of shine more than the music that's behind them uh this track was also kind of comical uh with some of the things that he was was talking about and the things that he kind of rhymed with so uh for me i just thought that it was it was it's kind of a... what were your thoughts on the uh the after song that was it was it was that the beginning the torture was that the beginning or was that the end of that song the, i can't remember yeah it was the beginning that what it was that feeding was the part him and feeding them yes and uh, that's what made me sweat a little bit i was like oh my gosh what is happening in my ear holes right now like you know so yeah so it, you know that you know that song is actually a freestyle right so they just went into the booth pressure cord and method man was just smoking having fun during that yeah and that's why it came became so much fun because it was well and that i mean it makes a lot of sense too because of how you know element i'm just gonna say elementary the rhymes are with like what he uses to rhyme words with it all makes sense and it all flows but because it's freestyle and he's going off the top like you know keeping it simple keep it simple stupid is kind of like how you how i would at least figure out how to manage something like that so oh yeah and especially like it's funny now because you listen to him freestyle now and then the complexity of his rhymes oh for sure like the growth is substantial oh i i can imagine for sure uh steve what about about you man i went with uh wu-tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with yeah um this is the first Wu-Tang track that I was introduced to as a young middle school kid in like 95, 96. I was like 11, 12 years old because, you know, Wu-Tang is for the children. Um, and it made a lot of sense to me. So like, you know, back in 92, 93, these guys came up with a track that put everyone on the globe to know they didn't care who you were, where you were from. They weren't taking your shit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't East Coast versus West Coast. It was Wu-Tang versus everybody. And... Sure. This was like, you know, the baby ear Steve here getting into hip hop and loving the fact that these dudes were calling out every single person ever and then had everything to back it up with. Because, again, there's nine fucking dudes behind them. Like, there's just (laughs) nine dudes there. Generally, if you got a crew, guys, you got nine artists and you've probably got three or four per artist that are hanging out with them. So you've probably got 30, 40 dudes. At this point, there ain't nothing to fuck with because they're rolling up with a fucking bus of people. It's literally a clan of people. It's literally a clan <laughs> of people. Um, I mean, it just it kind of just reminded me of me because I would call the fuck out of everybody. I still kind of do it actually now as an adult. I just try to be a little better about it. I just loved the track. I loved how fun it was. And again, they were just like 
anybody, everybody, like East Coast, West Coast, down South, Detroit, Kansas, don't fucking matter. Like they looked at a map and ODD was just calling up fucking cities. And they're like, yep, you fuckers too. All you motherfuckers up over there too. I don't fucking care who you are. Like this is, this is who we are and come at me. And I love the track as in prepubescent, preteen. And I still like it now. It, it, it still makes me, it makes me laugh. It makes me smile, but also the same thinking about it now and the, like what I know about hip hop artists and how people they come up with and then to have nine of them. <laughs> yeah. They're, they, they've, they've all got at least one dude in their, in their group that will take a bullet or shoot somebody. They don't give a shit. So that's at least nine guys that they have that'll just fuck with you. Come at them. And I, I love, I just love that track. I love the beat on it. I loved how simple it was, but also just how they came at it and really just, how they called out every single entity in no mind, especially during this time when it was like, it was really East coast versus West coast. And all the East coast guys seemed to really band together to fight the West coast, like go after that side. And Wu-Tang's just like, fuck all y'all. We don't like any of you. Um, I loved, I just loved that part of it. So they're, they're unifying as in their hatred. I, I, I loved that. For sure. It's like, it's like our podcast. We unify with, with our hate. Yep. 100%. So that was mine. Wu-Tang Clan, nothing to fuck with. Love it. Love it. Zaga, what about you, man? Did you have a favorite track on this one? Uh, so as a New Yorker, Cream is like, it's the end. It's like that piano is the anthem of like New York. You feel like you're in New York. You know, you walk mm-hmm. the streets, it fits. But I feel like that's played out. And mainly because I have the song tattooed on me. Protect your neck. Swinging through your town like a neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, Something I don't know, I don't think I've talked to you guys about, but uh, something I'm just about to get into. I'm getting into influencer boxing. Uh, I'm be, I'm, I've been training for the last three weeks. You did talk about, we did hear about that. Briefly, yeah. I mentioned it a little bit. But yeah, no, I am, uh, I'm training. So my, like, you know, my trainer's asking like, hey, you know, we're going to get, we're going to start working, trying to get your first fight in the next, you know, three to four months. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about like, you know, what, what, what you want to do as far as theme? Because you know, try to give her, give myself a goal to look forward to. And I'm like black and yellow. I was like, the only song that can come out, I got, I can come out to has got to be Wu-Tang Clan. Either that or John Cena, but sure. <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan seems like the right one because yeah. yes, the first line mentions Spider-Man, Joe Frazier, like, come on. Yeah. I smoke on the mic, like smoking Joe Frazier. Come on, dude. Yeah. Off the rip. I got to come out to that. So protect your neck is mine. Something about it. I think it, I think it has every member of the Wu-Tang Clan on there, except for Master Killer, because he wasn't part of it yet, or Capadonna. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original team of Wu-Tang has everybody. It showcases their ability perfectly. Um, like, even ODB, he gets his weird singing. Ghostface gets his weird timing to come in. Jizza mm-hmm. doing his super analytical raps. Um, and surprisingly, it's only a four-minute song. Oh, like, it's a four-minute, 52-second song. Compared to some of the other songs on the album that cracked that six minutes with only two or three guys, having the entire clan on and only going going less than five minutes was pre- is pretty impressive. And it's one of those songs that just keeps you engaged, I feel like, the entire time of the song. Because I don't know about y'all, there's some songs in the world that, like, when I listen to, and they're, like, six-minute songs, like, all right. But after, like, the third minute, I'm like, I'm kind of good. I don't need any more of this. Yeah, I I I understand that too. It was it was so it's the old school hip hop thinking, like when the each track is seven, six, seven minutes long, and you're like, all right, man, let's let's get to the next one. 
like uh, or you think you already like you got to the next track and you're still in that one you're like wait wait a second something something changed or just old school songs i mean think about queen like how long <laughs> are are most queen songs that are out yeah that's they're, true they're a good i think radio cut downs are like three and a half four and a half but then you listen to the albums and they're a good seven eight yeah any actually any 70s rock every song was about seven minutes if I had to have like a, you know, at least a two minute guitar solo, then you can give a drummer a solo and yep. it gets a little out of hand. You get, so, you get it's there. It's, it's, it happens. I and I think it's now like we kind of got to that like point of like our attention span. We're just like, all right, next, like, skip it. Fucking nope. Next mm-hmm. one. Like where I can still appreciate some of that stuff. But yeah, like it has to be very on point to keep me going. I'm right there with you, though. I, I don't like the, the longer tracks a lot here so brandon are we gonna play our game now we're just gonna play one game today we're just gonna play, play one game now game. or after our least favorite sure let's play it now guys let's it's play time it for the it's time for the wu-tang wang All right, guys. So uh, you just heard the, the theme song to the word association name game. Um, I have taken two tracks from this album um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give Zaga and Steve a clue. Um, either word association, phrase association or any type of association that uh, might, you know, relate to an actual track on this album. So, um, guys, I've got two for you. So I'm going to I'll give a clue and you guys have to tell me what actual track title on this album my clue relates to so here's your first one i'll tee it up nice and easy ice 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 is my clue ice is the clue ice is my clue ah because i'm a oh gosh i thought it was gonna be easy ice ice Ice. i've been watching them i won't cream ice cream yes cream yes Yes. One hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Absolutely. All right. Took me a I know for that one. Stupid. Yeah, I was the same way. I was. Damn. Whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. What was your second one, Brandon? Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. <laughs> or do more of them for some reason. Maybe. All right. Party in the back. Plan in the front. Absolutely. One. It's plan in the front. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I don't know if you saw my brain going. <laughs> the clan in the front. Yeah, it is. Oh my fucking internet's jacked had, up. I had to do the whole song in my head for it yeah. to make sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Steve, is your internet being crazy? Steve looks like he's in deep thought. He does look like he's in deep thought, and his internet, I think, just took a crap on him. It's fine. You know what we'll do, Zaga? We will. We'll jump into um our least favorites. Maybe Steve will. uh jump be able to accommodate us later we'll see uh oh oh, he's oh back. i'm back you're back okay all Spectrum right internet can eat my ass well you know all Gotta right get, switch the fiber frontier absolutely so, so steve just not to not to make your night any more worse but zaga got the second one before you I did, did. I, so i had oh. a real quick i had a real quick you eat real quick real quick so all right, Steve, before your internet craps out again, what's your least favorite track on this album? Planet of Front. Really? Yeah. 
the track itself isn't bad, but it gives me low key Old Testament vibes for the first like 90 <laughs> seconds. Okay. So we had to introduce 50 fucking people before we got into the actual story. If I had yeah. to pick a least favorite of the Bible, it'd also be the Old Testament for the same reason. But uh, I mean, not only multiple other reasons, but um, but it really just gave me like you had to fucking name off every single goddamn person before we even got into the story. I'm like, can we just skip to the good part? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. So I I really got like, see the skits. I I love the skits. The skits make it for me. I usually do too, but that one I was just like, we got his cousins, uncles, and nephews cut. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, what are we like? Are you seriously like quoting for the damn Bible? Like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, no, I can't do it anymore. I had like, I actually skipped the song. I was like, oh, there we go. Okay, we got 95 seconds in. All right, here we go. So Clan mm-hmm. to Front, just because I got some Old Testament vibes. All right. What about you, Zaga? Ooh. Um, see, this is hard. Or skippable. Like, when you like skip literally, if you, if you see right behind, I can't, I don't know which one my camera is. I got to turn my head this way. There we go. I have the album right here. Here's you the do. vinyl. The vinyl sitting it. right here. I've listened to this entire album at nauseum. And it's so funny because just for shits and giggles, I was like, let me pull up what my top tracks are of all time. And all you see here is Hamilton and Wu-Tang Clan. Hamilton and Wu-Tang Clan. So I'll listen to. Uh, so I had to go off that because there's not a song that I just don't like. But according to what I've listened to the least, it has to be Tears. It's not like I don't like this song, but I just don't listen to it as as much as the others. I think it's just because it's, I the beats too. I think the beats too simplified for me. I feel like once okay. you get that taste of that that raw, rugged, you know, really intricate RZA beats. I'm sorry, RZA beats. Um, God, screw you, man. Sorry, dude. Just kidding. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have to. I you can't have not. to. No, I get it. Um, I get it. By the way, did you guys know that there's no like Funko Pop? has not done a Wu-Tang series yet, and there should be a petition to do a Funko Pop Wu-Tang series. Yeah. Oh, there should like, be. I want I want a Deadpool variant like that of ODB. I want a Christmas ODB. I want a Thanksgiving ODB. I want ODB eating, like, cupcakes. Like, I want crazy stuff. Like, that'd be hysterical. <laughs> ODB with, with the food stamp check in his hand? Give me the welfare background. Actually, <laughs> the they have that. They, they, have the, they have ODB, but it's not Wu-Tang. They need to have the W on there, and I don't know why they don't do it. Um, but yeah, no, Tears <laughs> to me is just it. I think the production level is simplified, it's too simplified for me, especially okay. it's track 11. So when you go, you know, can it be all so simple? Like that beat was so ridiculous. Protection neck, cream, there's so many mm-hmm. intricacies to it, and Tears are just like the mm-hmm. same three piano chords over and over again. Yep. And how about you, Brandon? I went all the way to the bottom and I picked the acapella version of Cream. Um, I did. I did. Uh, I just the 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 actual track that shouldn't be allowed because that's not the original album. That's not on the original album, so I I wouldn't count that person. Well, I did. Um, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Um, I just I did. Maybe I I feel like it was just slapped together at the end. Like I understand that you know pull the music out just have the words like it kind of brings a different meaning to it i think or it allows you to listen to those words a little bit more clearly but it almost sounds like they just half-assed it and it's like i feel like if they would have done better than just pulling the music out and just keeping the lyrics because it just 
for me, it just randomly stops. Like it just randomly stops. And it's just like, what the, you know what I mean? So it's like, put a little more effort into it there, boys. So I think, I think they released that so people could remix it. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because there's a million and one remixes of Cream, and I think that's the reason. Why. That's yeah, the I reason. Think, why. I thought it was the reason behind it going for it that way too. Okay. Well, pretty sure that most of the time when when hip hop artists release an acapella, it's just so that way people can throw it onto their beats and shit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. their voice gets out more. Interesting. See, learn something new every day, Mister White Boy. Thank you. High five. All right. Um. That is <laughs> I'm representing for the Brown delegation today. There you yes, go. Yes, you got that. Absolutely. You got that going 100%. for it. 100%. So, all right. Well, we're not playing our second game today because well, we're not. And um <laughs> <laughs> great explanation. Thanks. Or <laughs> <laughs> tired. No, not really. It just uh just no, work but out really. There. Yeah. And this one is also would be really really hard to do. Um Yes. For sure. So let's jump into those deep cut dark horse tracks. Um, I'm just gonna, we'll, we'll, I'll just keep talking. Uh, I picked Wu Tang Seventh Chamber as my deep cut track. Um, the chord progression, it's weird, um, but it's an interesting chord and a chord progression, and uh, that had a lot of really kind of cool dissonance going on. Uh, it just made for a really interesting listen. As a musician who understands chords and all of that stuff, I had to push past the how quote unquote bad it may sound to really appreciate how quote unquote good it actually is. It's simple. Um, the music is simple and these guys just kind of go off of that simplistic music uh, that's behind them. And to me, I just thought that was a solid track. So absolutely. That was, that was, that was mine. Steve, what about you? I picked your least favorite. Of course you did. I picked the acapella cream track. Uh, I was going to pick cream. Uh, okay. but to pick cream, the original version, it's an instant classic. It's hard to say it's a deep like, cut. right? Like it, it's yeah. It's so played it's, out. It's, you hear that you hear that piano, like like Zach was saying, you hear that piano, it's like, okay, yep, I know what that is. I I know we're getting Mutang. The acapella version to me, it's it's something that I don't commonly hear from rappers or hip-hop artists to do something put out something mass-produced acapella if the goal was to be used for samples and to be used as a remix track for other artists and other you know producers to kind of throw their own their own you know uh, beat on it i can see that but i don't normally see a hip-hop artist put out something completely stripped back because it's hard to do when it's for hip-hop because when you do like singer songwriter, when you have like an artist that does like a normal big band, and they pull an acoustic guitar, and it's just them and acoustic guitar, them and a piano. It's a little, little different because you still have something to hide behind. Um, rappers usually get their timing from the music. Like it, it, that's the beat helps all of that along. Where as a singer songwriter, you can kind of make your own as you go. But with hip hop artists, everything kind of has to fall in line, or it's going to sound like hot shit. So mm-hmm. to put out something without the beat track behind it, potentially, it's because it's MF, hard. Doom, MF MF Doom made his entire career off of going against whatever beat was there and not even applying the beat with his rhyme. And there are there are some that do it. There are some that do it and do it very well, but they have to be. MF Doom is also really fucking was really fucking he's, smart. He's the and, he's one of the legends up there. He's exactly, the, like it just top ten list. The. What he was able to do is just off the cuff. Like you don't. That's 
he's on a different level than most other yeah. artists of any of any variety or genre. Um, you don't see a hip hop artist, a typical hip hop artist, do something like this uh, because it's no. it's there's so many more chances for it to go fucking wrong. Um, with with this one though, I liked it because I could listen to all the lyrics without hearing the backup music. It just felt like more personal. Like it felt like you were in a small club and you just like almost like a spoken word poetry situation at that point. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's so more, it's, it's, it's an intimate situation. That's kind of what I felt like with that one. So I love, I love cream. Like I, it's, it's, it may actually be one of my life mottos that cash does rule everything around me. Um, but it does. It does. And it's, it's one it's life, but um, to hear this, this version of which I had never heard before was just like, Oh, wait a second. And like, it just picked it up even better for me. So I like that. So Zaka, what about you? What was your deep cut? What was one that like people don't think about very often? Uh the mystery of the ch- of chess boxing. Chess boxing. Um, okay. It's the only track that has Master Killer on it. Um, arguably one of the hardest verses on the entire album. Um mm-hmm. mainly because you know, you're if I mean think about it, you're a 20-year-old kid and Wu Tang clan is asking you to be on a song with them, you're gonna give the absolute best. Um mm-hmm. again, great verses from deck. Raekwon, Method Man, um, Ghostface, eh, I'm a little still iffy on him because, like I said, Master Killer just came in, stole the entire track for me. Um, and plus, the beat using that Chinese sound from the you know from the martial arts movies, mm-hmm. the whole album has influence of that. But this one has that. I forgot what that. I don't know what that instrument is called. The one, it's like a guitar, but it's laid down, and they run the fingers across. That sure, I don't know it. I have no idea what it's called. I'm gonna assume it's a man. Yeah, I sure the Chinese drum uh, guitar thing. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. I'm Asian. I can say that it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what that, that's what all this is. This is all Asian. We're good. Um, <laughs> but no. So just having hearing that be the 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 main part of the beat though, uh, that's that's one of the things that I think gets overlooked a lot. Um, if you watch the show, there was a whole episode dedicated to that because chess is a huge thing uh, for RZA and Jizza. Um, actually, the mm-hmm. entire everybody played chess. That's, they said they used to do that on the tour. Oh, the Pippa, the Pippa, Pippa. Pippa. I'm, I'm gonna take your word for it. I just googled it. <laughs> anyway, did you search Chinese <laughs> Chinese guitar that they? I laid sure, down I, for, I googled chi- Chinese lap guitar. They're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, if you watch the episode uh, on that on uh, Wu Tang Saga, uh, they go into the RZA buying that and then trying to make it and learn how to use it, and uh, it's just cool to see it. It's just cool mm-hmm. to see it all put together and the song itself. Like I said, it's a bop. You just it's one of those ones where you can just bop your head to, and it's not boring. I love it. No, I love it completely. So let's start wrapping this thing up. So Zaki, you go first. What was your what were your final thoughts on this album and kind of overall? A rating of one to ten. Well, it's a ten. It's the perfect hip hop album. It's revolutionary, um, lyrically, uh, the sound itself. Uh, when you think of New York City, or if you're in New York City and you play this, the background sounds fit perfectly into what this album is. It it, it epitomizes mm-hmm. being a New Yorker or a Staten Islander, um, and somehow for whatever reason, it has Ch- Asian culture. And if I'm being an Asian, how do I not love it? Um, for me though personally, it's a top three album, best of all time. Um, sitting behind there between Pac and Biggie, um, they're to me the greatest hip hop group 
um, which is hard to say because there's some great ones that were out there. Um, yeah, no, there's there, there, to me, there's no other there's no other answer to Wu-Tang Clan and to realistically only come out with two albums and be as relevant as they are. Like, realistically, yeah, they have well, five or six albums, but two albums were their real albums where everyone was there. No bullshit, no issues. Um, no TV shows, no movies, no all of that shit. So to have those two albums and be as a cultural influence as they are, um, the fact that they have they they have what's it called? The 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 shoes, the wallabies. I forgot mm-hmm. what the fuck they what 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 brand they are. Um but to have a whole shoe line, fucking clothing line, to be as big as they are for as little as they as they came out with at that time, it's fucking crazy. And name you keep Every single member of Wu Tang Clan has been successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even after the group. Well, the exception of Odie, but that's a whole different story. Um I mean, he was successful in his own right. Yeah. But I'm saying though, they they were they all went on to have individual careers as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, I saw Raekwon on a fucking commercial for DoorDash. Yep. Oh, nice. We yeah, there's still the yeah, they're still in major, major pop culture how they are there. I mean, it's it's just getting it's i would say it's getting bigger but it, it kind of is with the show it just has gotten bigger and bigger so mm-hmm. i agree with you though it's they they are they probably are the best hip-hop group of, of all time and it's 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 a, it's a couple different reasons for it the way that they work together and how seamless with rizza with the production value of everything that came out which we're talking about before all of their stuff it stayed so tight and so precise and so good all the way straight through there. But also the fact that there was nine of them, mm-hmm. like you had nine individual personalities in a room figuring their shit out and shit. It's hard for a band of three to sometimes do that the right way. Like, like for in hip hop, it gets worse. I, I, I feel like when you get more hip hop artists together in one space, shit gets worse for some reason like it does they don't play together nicely very so well there's there's an awesome documentary um uh, i don't know if you're a fan of j cole um but they they came out with revenge of the nerds 2 or something like that it mm-hmm. was the dream dreamville had a mixtape yep. coming out uh if you go on youtube there's a whole documentary following the making of that of that uh, mixtape and mm-hmm. it's amazing because they had the cameraman walk down the hall and you hear people from this room people from this room and it, like one's getting louder here so they raise their volume up and it's it's a battle within each other to be better and then like you see one guy get in the booth he spits his verse and the other guy's like oh no no let me go up next let me go up next and you see that competitive nature and you see that uh you feed off that energy and that's why i love i love hip-hop groups i think it's one of the best it's the best thing one of the best things for music just because yeah. you get you you vibe off each other and i'm sure rock's similar but Unless you have two guitarists, that's the only two people that are going to go at, go back and forth with each other. You're not going to do that really, in country. You're not going to do that yeah, in pop. You know, no, it's really it's not strictly hip hop. It's hip hop, and that's and to, to have nine artists on one in one group all working together for one kind of goal at the end of this thing to put out something that's like this. Like you said, two two significant albums that they put out all together, and to have the legacy that they've had going for. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be pop culture references forever. I mean, Chappelle's show brought him out when he was Wu-Tang. And he's like, and Wu-Tang that, Financial. Wu-Tang Financial. It just kind of came out there. It was yes. like one of those things. The Asian delegation. We got <laughs> the Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Clan. 
We selected the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm proud of that win. Oh, the racial draft was one of the best episodes ever. But that, can we talk? Can we say real quick that that can't come out today? Can no, just, it definitely can't. Okay, I just want to agree there. Comedy back then was at its peak. Yeah. Most of the shit Chappelle does probably can't come out now, and it still does because Chappelle doesn't give a shit. Living in Ohio, of some of all places, um, Point. valid. Doing his thing, but it, this album from top down is is a, a, a nearly perfect hip hop album. It has skits in it. It's got the little longer tracks. It's this and that and everything else, but it kind of gives you a really snippet of what New York City hip hop was in the early nineties. And I'm right there with you. Like I'm giving it a ten as well. I feel like. Except for the Old Testament vibe that I got briefly there, really, I, it was so hard for me to find a least favorite track and to find something that, that I would so skip because I can I can so listen hard. to the album and kind of go through the whole thing of it, and I think it's fun. So I give it a ten as well. Brandon, what about you? All right, will I listen to Wu Tang again? Probably not, unless it's for the podcast. But can I appreciate what they did here, and can I see why people like them and how these guys have made a name for themselves outside of this group? Absolutely. Uh, the more we do rap and hip hop albums uh, for the podcast, the more I can continue to appreciate this genre as a whole that I have not um, dipped my toes into in my entire in my life. Um, so this album is this version of this album is a little long. However, it doesn't really it doesn't seem like it's ever really long it's an easy listen overall like you like steve you just mentioned the construction from top to bottom of how it's constructed is great you can't really go wrong with it honestly there's really not a bad track to this this album at all um i am gonna actually give this one a a seven out of ten so for for me though my god for me i don't understand for me that's I mean that's a great score. That's a ten out of ten. That's a ten out of ten for from a Brandon. What what genre of music do you listen to? If you don't want me asking. Uh, like punk rock. Okay, all right. I'm glad. If you said country, I was about to judge you extremely hard, but I'll give you punk. No, I love that. No, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I listen to a little bit of everything, but I listen to a lot of a lot of hip hop and a lot of rock, punk rock. Yeah. I listen. Country. I listen to everything but country, with the exception of uh, my girl, my queen, Taylor Swift. I'm so oh, proud. Not, so happy not, she was at. I was so happy she was at the Chiefs game because I'm a, I'm a Chiefs fan. It goes hand in hand. We have conquered the Queen, supporting um, her boo, and uh, Dixon Dallas because that man is a goddamn genius. To make gay country music is the greatest concept I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is the funniest thing in the world. I, I he's I, bouncing I was like... off my booty cheeks. I love the way he rides. God, I, I was him. like, I was like, Dixon. Oh, never mind. Nope. Do you know Wheeler Walker? Wheeler Walker Jr.? Uh, I have no idea who that is. Oh, oh you need to listen to him. You need you to will listen love to it. Wheeler Walker Jr. Yes, you will. One of his songs is God Told Me to Fuck You. It's, it needs oh. to happen. Yep. Playing in my background right now, just so I can get a. See no, listen. this 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 is this is too slow. I can't. No do it. no no. I, I, you gotta listen to the lyrics. Can't do it. It's too slow. Ah, oh. can't do it. Too slow. Bouncing off a, my booty cheeks is a bop. That's all. What I'm about, she's, a, um, she's a country music fan. Or fucked by a redneck. Yep. Never heard that. Yes. One. Yes. Do that one by Wheeler you Walker. Fucked by a redneck. Yep. But you gotta get Wheelie to the chorus. 
Which, what is it called? Wheeler Walker Jr. Fucked by a redneck. Fucked by a redneck. Yep. Oh, what is going on? Uh, while Zaga danger. While Zaga's doing that, Steve, let's finish this podcast out. Uh, yeah, we probably should. Absolutely, guys. Uh, you can follow the Notes of Goats podcast. On, oh, fuck uh, by a country boy. Oh, fuck by a country boy. Okay. It's... Okay. There we go, Brandon. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, guys, follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, follow our comedy page uh, at uh, Comedy at McDuff's uh, for all of your comedy needs. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Steve. I'm tired. Where right. else? Can, where else can everybody find us? Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can find us on all the major podcasting platforms, um, including the one you found us on today. Um, we're coming back to YouTube. We are there a little bit. We're coming back. Uh, just have to get less busy with uh, side business stuff for me. Uh, mostly, what happens to you there? Uh, but it's coming. I'm, I'm getting there. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna have Brandon do another Wheeler Walker Jr. album at some point here. Wheeler Walker's coming back at some yay. point. Yay! At least we're not gonna do Drake again. I already we put out yeah, there. We're, we're not, not doing do that Drake. fucking Drake album. It's not fucking oh, happening. God. No, we've please, already no. done Drake twice. It was terrible both times. Um, oh, so yep. it's never happening again. Yeah. Um, so that never gonna happen, guys. Unless Drake himself comes in the fucking podcast, it's never gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Um, and if he does, I'm gonna fucking. I'm, I'm gonna ghost kiss, him for a minute or two. Gonna, oh, oh, I thought you were gonna kiss his ass. Oh, I would 100 kiss his ass. He's almost a fucking billionaire. I'm like that, Drake. I listen to you every single day. You're the fucking shit. I love you. And you yeah. should try this hot sauce next time. Right. Um, you heard that Let's story, right? Dick. Yeah, <laughs> Drake and his hot sauce. Um, but uh, no, we'll tell you later. Um, yeah. so that's that's all I got, man. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Well, guys, we will see. Yeah, we should probably we should probably as I guess say goodbye. Where you can find him because he's gonna be boxing soon. God damn, yeah. If you guys are interested in seeing pimp, me, pimp hit, yourself out here. If you guys want to, you know, maybe maybe if you guys want to see me hit some things, check out uh OMG it's Zaga. Oh wait, wait, what the fuck is my handle? I'm only all right. Just go on the the NFA Network. I have a podcast too. I have four different shows within one network. Jesus Christ. Uh, we talk we about put conspiracy those on our show notes as well. Yeah. We put uh. We, we talk about conspiracy theories, relationships. Uh, the other show's fanboys, so we talk about whatever the fuck we want. Nerdy shit. Um, and sometimes we get some cool guests on. We had we had uh, Carlos from 60 Days In. Um, he's actually the person that got me into boxing. I sponsored him, flew down to Florida. Real cool guy. Um, oh, Lucky Chucky, if you hear this, I will fuck you up. I promise you that. Um, I'm, right. ca- I'm, ca- I'm calling him out every- anywhere I go, every which way I go. If you guys see my page, you'll see I'm making fun of him. Um, He's a boxer. Oh. So yeah, no, no, no. I don't I, like I don't Jake take Paul boxer. Me. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm I have a title belt. I'm cool. I'm like, please, I'll spar with you for free. Did he, please. Did he buy it? I, it looks like something you got off of fucking Walmart in the WWE section. Uh but yeah, I'm nice. gonna do a quick, I'm just like doing it. a call out there. Yeah, fuck you, Lucky Chucky. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, Lucky um, Chucky. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. If you watch 60 Days In, y'all know y'all anybody who watched that show knows who the fuck he is. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate you guys for having me on the show. This was fun. It was yeah. great to it was great to talk to you, Steve, about Moonsang <laughs> Clan. Brand, you gave it a seven, bro. You gave it a seven. I can't forgive you for that. I'm just hey. I'm hurt. I'm hurt by it. Are you hey. more hurt by that or RZA? Or I mean, or, it's all starting to make or, sense. I, or Giza. It's all coming together. You know what? Fuck you. I got I got I, I redeemed myself, motherfucker. He redeemed himself. You gave it a seven. You could have redeemed yourself and just gave it a 10. 
just you could have said for the sheer fact of just spelling out this man's name and not reading the pronunciation <laughs> in my research, I'm gonna give this album a 10. <laughs> but no, you give it a seven. Yeah, Arby's gets a seven. This is Chick fil A. Notes, the goats. Notes, the goats. Notes, the goats. 